Chapter 21 Then the Lord did exactly what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant, and she gave a son to Abraham in his old age. It all happened at the time God had said it would, and Abraham named his son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was 100 years old at the time. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. For who would have dreamed that I would ever have a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. As time went by and Isaac grew and was weaned, Abraham gave a big party to celebrate the happy occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant Hagar, making fun of Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, Get rid of that servant and her son. He is not going to share the family inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, Do not be upset over the boy and your servant wife. Do just as Sarah says, For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he also is your son. So Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food for the journey, and strapped a container of water to Hagar's shoulders. He sent her away with her son, and she walked out into the wilderness of Beersheba, wandering aimlessly. When the water was gone, she left the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. Then God heard the boy's cries, and the angel of God called to Hagar from the sky, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy's cries from the place where you laid him. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well. She immediately filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness of Paran. He became an expert archer, and his mother arranged a marriage for him with a young woman from Egypt. About this time, Abimelech came with Phicol, his army commander, to visit Abraham. It is clear that God helps you in everything you do, Abimelech said. Swear to me in God's name that you won't deceive me, my children or my grandchildren. I have been loyal to you, so now swear that you will be loyal to me and to this country in which you are living. Abraham replied, All right, I swear to it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well that Abimelech's servants had taken violently from Abraham's servants. This is the first I've heard of it, Abimelech said, and I have no idea who is responsible. Why didn't you say something about this before? Then Abraham gave sheep and oxen to Abimelech, and they made a treaty. But when Abraham took seven additional ewe lambs and set them off by themselves, Abimelech asked, Why are you doing that? Abraham replied, They are my gift to you as a public confirmation that I dug this well. So ever since that place has been known as Beersheba, well of the oath, because that was where they had sworn an oath. After making their covenant, Abimelech left with Phicol, the commander of his army, and they returned home to the land of the Philistines. Then Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and he worshipped the Lord, the eternal God, at that place. And Abraham lived in Philistine country for a long time. Chapter 22 Later on, God tested Abraham's faith and obedience. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. 
Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. The next morning Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood to build a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place where God had told him to go. On the third day of the journey, Abraham saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young men. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the knife and the fire. As the two of them went on together, Isaac said, Father? Yes, my son. Abraham replied, We have the wood and the fire, said the boy, but where is the lamb for the sacrifice? God will provide a lamb, my son, Abraham answered, and they both went on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar and placed the wood on it. Then he tied Isaac up and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to kill his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. At that moment, the angel of the Lord shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! Yes, he answered. I'm listening. Lay down the knife, the angel said. Do not hurt the boy in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering on the altar in place of his son. Abraham named the place, The Lord Will Provide. This name has now become a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your beloved son, I swear by my own self that I will bless you richly. I will multiply your descendants into countless millions like the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. They will conquer their enemies, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Then they returned to Abraham's young men and traveled home again to Beersheba, where Abraham lived for quite some time. Soon after this, Abraham heard that Milcah, his brother Nahor's wife, had borne Nahor eight sons. The oldest was named Uz, the next oldest was Buz, followed by Kimuel, the father of Aram. He said, Azo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah, in addition to his eight sons from Milcah, Nahor had four other children from his concubine, Rumah. Their names were Teba, Geam, Teash, and Maacah. Chapter 23 When Sarah was 127 years old, she died at Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Then, leaving her body, he went to the Hittite elders and said, Here I am, a stranger in a foreign land with no place to bury my wife. Please let me have a piece of land for a burial plot. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Certainly, for you are an honored prince among us. It will be a privilege to have you choose the finest of our tombs so you can bury her there. Then Abraham bowed low before them and said, Since this is how you feel, be so kind as to ask Ephron, son of Zoar, to let me have the cave of Machpelah down at the end of his field. I want to pay the full price, of course, whatever is publicly agreed upon, so I may have a permanent burial place for my family. Ephron was sitting there among the others, and he answered Abraham as the others listened, speaking publicly before all the elders of the town. No, sir, he said to Abraham. Please listen to me. I will give you the cave in the field. Here in the presence of my people, I give it to you. Go and bury your dead. Abraham bowed again to the people of the land, and he replied to Ephron as everyone listened. No, listen to me, he insisted. 
I will buy it from you. Let me pay the full price for the field so I can bury my dead there. Well, Ephron answered, the land is worth four hundred pieces of silver. But what is that between friends? Go ahead and bury your dead. So Abraham paid Ephron the amount he had suggested, four hundred pieces of silver, as was publicly agreed. He bought the plot of land belonging to Ephron at Machpelah near Mamre. This included the field, the cave that was in it, and all the trees nearby. They became Abraham's permanent possession by the agreement made in the presence of the Hittite elders at the city gate. So Abraham buried Sarah there in Canaan, in the cave of Machpelah, near Mamre, which is at Hebron. The field and the cave were sold to Abraham by the Hittites as a permanent burial place. Chapter 24 Abraham was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to the man in charge of his household, who was his oldest servant, Swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not let my son marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son Isaac. The servant asked, But suppose I can't find a young woman who will travel so far from home. May I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives? No, Abraham warned. Be careful never to take my son there. For the Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my offspring. He will send his angel ahead of you, and he will see to it that you find a young woman there to be my son's wife. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. So the servant took a solemn oath that he would follow Abraham's instructions. He loaded ten of Abraham's camels with gifts and set out, taking with him the best of everything his master owned. He traveled to Aram Nahareim and went to the village where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. There the servant made the camels kneel down beside a well just outside the village. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. O Lord, God of my master, he prayed, give me success and show kindness to my master Abraham. Help me to accomplish the purpose of my journey. See, here I am standing beside this spring, and the young women of the village are coming out to draw water. This is my request. I will ask one of them for a drink. If she says, yes, certainly, and I will water your camels too, let her be the one you have appointed as Isaac's wife. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. As he was still praying, a young woman named Rebekah arrived with a water jug on his shoulder. Her father was Bethuel, who was the son of Abraham's brother Nahor, and his wife Milcah. Now Rebekah was very beautiful, and she was a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant asked, Please, give me a drink. Certainly, sir, she said, and she quickly lowered the jug for him to drink. When he had finished, she said, I'll draw water for your camels, too, until they have had enough. So she quickly emptied the jug into the watering trough and ran down to the well again. She kept carrying water to the camels until they had finished drinking. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not she was the one the Lord intended him to meet. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he gave her a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrists. Whose daughter are you? he asked. Would your father have any room to put us up for the night? My father is Bethuel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, we have plenty of straw and food for the camels, and we have a room for guests. The man fell down to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, he said. The Lord has been so kind and faithful to Abraham 
for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. The young woman ran home to tell her family about all that had happened. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban. When he saw the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard her story, he rushed out to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, Come, stay with us, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why do you stand here outside the village when we have a room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw to bed them down, fed them, and provided water for the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then supper was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. All right, Laban said. Tell us your mission. I am Abraham's servant, he explained. And the Lord has blessed my master richly. He has become a great man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many servants and camels and donkeys. When Sarah, my master's wife, was very old, she gave birth to my master's son, and my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear that I would not let Isaac marry one of the local Canaanite women. Instead, I was to come to his relatives here in this far-off land, to his father's home. I was told to bring back a young woman from here to marry his son. But suppose I can't find a young woman willing to come back with me, I asked him. You will, he told me, for the Lord in whose presence I have walked will send his angel with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must get a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her come, you will be free from your oath. So, this afternoon, when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if you are planning to make my mission a success, please guide me in a special way. Here I am, standing beside this spring. I will say to some young woman who comes to draw water, Please give me a drink of water. And she will reply, Certainly, and I'll water your camels, too. Lord, let her be the one you have selected to be the wife of my master's son. Before I had finished praying these words, I saw Rebecca coming along with her water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water and filled the jug. So I said to her, Please give me a drink. She quickly lowered the jug from her shoulder so I could drink, and she said, Certainly, sir, and I will water your camels, too. And she did. When I asked her whose daughter she was, she told me, My father is Bethuel, the son of Nahor and his wife Milcah. So I gave her the ring and the bracelets. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me along the right path to find a wife from the family of my master's relatives. So tell me, will you or won't you show true kindness to my master? When you tell me, then I'll know what my next step should be, whether to move this way or that. Then Laban and Bethuel replied, The Lord has obviously brought you here, so what can we say? Here is Rebekah. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. At this reply, Abraham's servant bowed to the ground and worshipped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and lovely clothing for Rebekah. He also gave valuable presents to her mother and brother. Then they had supper, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning he said, Send me back to my master. But we want Rebekah to stay at least ten days. Her brother and mother said, Then she can go. But he said, Don't hinder my return. The Lord has made my mission successful, and I want to report back to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her, and she replied, Yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. They blessed her with this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants overcome all their enemies. Then Rebekah and her servants mounted the camels and left with Abraham's servant. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from Beer Lahairoi. One evening, as he was taking a walk out in the fields meditating, he looked up and saw the camels coming. 
When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant. And he replied, It is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac the whole story. And Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her very much, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Chapter 25 Now Abraham married again. Keturah was his new wife, and she bore him Zimran, Jackson, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jackson's two sons were Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Asherites, Ladishites, and Leamites. Midian's sons were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Aldea. These were all descendants of Abraham through Keturah. Abraham left everything he owned to his son Isaac. But before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to the east, away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years, and he died at a ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hittites, where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God poured out rich blessings on Isaac, who settled near Beer Lahairoi in the Negev. This is the history of the descendants of Ishmael, the son of Abraham, through Hagar, Sarah's Egyptian servant. Here is a list by their names and clans of Ishmael's descendants. The oldest was Nebaioth, followed by Keter, Abdeel, Mibsam, Mishma, Juma, Massa, Hadad, Tima, Jeter, Naphish, and Kedema. These twelve sons of Ishmael became the founders of twelve tribes that bore their names, listed according to the places they settled and camped. Ishmael finally died at the age of 137 and joined his ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants were scattered across the country from Havilah to Shur, which is east of Egypt in the direction of Asher. The clans descended from Ishmael camped close to one another. This is the history of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was forty years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Padan Aram, and the sister of Laban. Isaac pleaded with the Lord to give Rebekah a child because she was childless. So the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and his wife became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb, so she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? she asked. And the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two rival nations. One nation will be stronger than the other. The descendants of your older son will serve the descendants of your younger son. And when the time came, the twins were born. The first was very red at birth. He was covered with so much hair that one would think he was wearing a piece of clothing, so they called him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so they called him Jacob. Isaac was sixty years old when the twins were born. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open fields, while Jacob was the kind of person who liked to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau in particular because of the wild game he brought home, but Rebekah favored Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home exhausted and hungry from a hunt. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew you've made. This was how Esau got his other name, Edom, Red. Jacob replied, All right, but... Trade me your birthright for it. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? So Jacob insisted. Well then, swear to me right now that it is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his younger brother. 
Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate and drank and went on about his business, indifferent to the fact that he had given up his birthright. Chapter 26 Now a severe famine struck the land, as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerah, where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to him there and said, Do not go to Egypt. Do as I say and stay here in this land. If you do, I will be with you and bless you. I will give all this land to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, regulations, and laws. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. And when the men there asked him about Rebekah, he said, She is my sister. He was afraid to admit that she was his wife. He thought they would kill him to get her because she was very beautiful. But some time later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out a window and saw Isaac fondling Rebekah. Abimelech called for Isaac and exclaimed, She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she was your sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you treat us this way, Abimelech exclaimed. Someone might have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech made a public proclamation. Anyone who harms this man or his wife will die. That year Isaac's crops were tremendous. He harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a rich man, and his wealth only continued to grow. He acquired large flocks of sheep and goats, great herds of cattle, and many servants. Soon the Philistines became jealous of him and they filled up all of Isaac's wells with earth. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. And Abimelech asked Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else, he said, or you have become too rich and powerful for us. So Isaac moved to the Gerar Valley and lived there instead. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac renamed them using the names Abraham had given them. His shepherds also dug in the Gerar Valley and found a gushing spring. But then the local shepherds came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Argument because they had argued about it with him. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a fight over it. So Isaac named it Opposition. Abandoning that one, he dug another well, and the local people finally left him alone. So Isaac called it room enough, for he said, At last the Lord has made room for us, and we will be able to thrive. From there Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will give you many descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place, and his servants dug a well. One day Isaac had visitors from Gerar. King Abimelech arrived with his advisor, Ahazeth, and also Phicol, his army commander. Why have you come? Isaac asked him. This is obviously no friendly visit, since you sent me from your land in a most unfriendly way. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we decided we should have a treaty or covenant between us. Swear that you will not harm us, just as we did not harm you. We have always treated you well, and we sent you away from us in peace. And now look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a great feast for them, and they ate and drank in preparation for the treaty ceremony. Early the next morning they each took a solemn oath of non-aggression. 
Then Isaac sent them home again in peace. That very day Isaac's servants came and told him about a well they had dug. We found water, they said. So Isaac named the well Oath, and from that time to this, the town that grew up there has been called Beersheba, Well of the Oath. At the age of forty, Esau married a young woman named Judith, the daughter of Beri the Hittite. He also married Basimath, the daughter of Elon the Hittite. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. Chapter 27 When Isaac was old and almost blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father? Esau replied. I am an old man now, Isaac said, and I expect every day to be my last. Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows out into the open country and hunt some wild game for me. Prepare it just the way I like it, so it's savory and good, and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessing that belongs to you, my firstborn son, before I die. But Rebecca overheard the conversation. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, I overheard your father asking Esau to prepare him a delicious meal of wild game. He wants to bless Esau in the Lord's presence before he dies. Now, my son, do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll prepare your father's favorite dish from them. Take the food to your father. Then he can eat it and bless you instead of Esau before he dies. But mother... Jacob replied. He won't be fooled that easily. Think how hairy Esau is and how smooth my skin is. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. Let the curse fall on me, dear son, said Rebekah. Just do what I tell you. Go out and get the goats. So Jacob followed his mother's instructions, bringing her the two goats. She took them and cooked a delicious meat dish just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's best clothes, which were there in the house, and dressed Jacob with them. She made him a pair of gloves from the hairy skin of the young goats, and she fastened a strip of the goat skin around his neck. Then she gave him the meat dish with its rich aroma and some freshly baked bread. Jacob carried the platter of food to his father and said, My father? Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, It's Esau, your older son. I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Cook the way you like it. Sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Isaac asked, How were you able to find it so quickly, my son? Because the Lord, your God, put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come over here. I want to touch you to make sure you really are Esau. So Jacob went over to his father, and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said to himself. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy just like Esau's. So Isaac pronounced his blessing on Jacob. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. Yes, of course, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, Now, my son, bring me the meat. I will eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food over to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said, Come here and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced, and he blessed his son. He said, The smell of my son is the good smell of the open fields that the Lord has blessed. May God always give you plenty of dew for healthy crops and and good harvests of grain and wine. May many nations become your servants. 
May you be the master of your brothers. May all your mother's sons bow low before you. All who curse you are cursed, and all who bless you are blessed. As soon as Isaac had blessed Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunting trip. Esau prepared his father's favorite meat dish and brought it to him. Then he said, I'm back, father, and I have the wild game. Sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, Who are you? Why, it's me, of course, he replied. It's Esau, your oldest son. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, Then who, who was it that just served me wild game? I have already eaten it, and I blessed him with an irrevocable blessing before you came. When Esau understood, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, Your brother was here, and he tricked me. He has carried away your blessing. Esau said bitterly, No wonder his name is Jacob, for he has deceived me twice, first taking my birthright and now stealing my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is there left to give? Esau pleaded. Not one blessing left for me. Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. His father Isaac said to him, You will live off the land and what it yields, and you will live by your sword. You will serve your brother for a time. But then you will shake loose from him and be free. Esau hated Jacob because he had stolen his blessing. But he said to himself, My father will soon be dead and gone. Then I will kill Jacob. But someone got wind of what Esau was planning and reported it to Rebekah. She sent for Jacob and told him, Esau is threatening to kill you. This is what you should do. Flee to your uncle Laban and Haran. Stay there with him until your brother's fury is spent. When he forgets what you have done, I will send for you. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm sick and tired of these local Hittite women. I'd rather die than see Jacob marry one of them. Chapter 28 So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, Do not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead, go at once to Padan Aram to the house of your grandfather Bethuel and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children. And may your descendants become a great assembly of nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where we now are foreigners, for God gave it to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Padan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean. Esau heard that his father had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to find a wife, and that he had warned Jacob not to marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had obeyed his parents and gone to Padan Aram. It was now very clear to Esau that his father despised the local Canaanite women. So he visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one of Ishmael's daughters in addition to the wives he already had. His new wife's name was Mahalath. She was the sister of Nebaioth and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. 
Jacob found a stone for a pillow and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from earth to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down on it. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I will give it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will cover the land from east to west and from north to south. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I will be with you and I will protect you wherever you go. I will someday bring you safely back to this land. I will be with you constantly until I have finished giving you everything I have promised. Then Jacob woke up and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. He was afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. The next morning he got up very early. He took the stone he had used as a pillow and set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, House of God, though the name of the nearby village was Luz. Then Jacob made this vow. If God will be with me and protect me on this journey and give me food and clothing, and if he will bring me back safely to my father, then I will make the Lord my God. This memorial pillar will become a place for worshiping God and I will give God a tenth of everything he gives me. Chapter 29 Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw in the distance three flocks of sheep lying in an open field beside a well, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone. After watering them, the stone would be rolled back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked them, Where do you live? At Haran, they said. Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor? Yes, we do, they replied. How is he? Jacob asked. He's well and prosperous. Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the sheep. Why don't you water the flocks so they can get back to grazing? Jacob asked. They'll be hungry if you stop so early in the day. We don't roll away the stone and begin the watering until all the flocks and shepherds are here, they replied. As this conversation was going on, Rachel arrived with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. And because she was his cousin, the daughter of his mother's brother, and because the sheep were his uncle's, Jacob went over to the well and rolled away the stone and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and tears came to his eyes. He explained that he was her cousin on her father's side, her Aunt Rebecca's son. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard about Jacob's arrival, he rushed out to meet him and greeted him warmly. Laban then brought him home, and Jacob told him his story. Just think, my very own flesh and blood, Laban exclaimed. After Jacob had been there about a month, Laban said to him, You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives. How much do you want? Now Laban had two daughters, Leah, who was the oldest, and her younger sister, Rachel. Leah had pretty eyes, but Rachel was beautiful in every way, with a lovely face and shapely figure. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban replied. I'd rather give her to you than to someone outside the family. So Jacob spent the next seven years working to pay for Rachel. But his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my contract, Jacob said to Laban. Now give me my wife so we can be married. 
So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood to celebrate with Jacob at a wedding feast. That night when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. And Laban gave Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What sort of trick is this? Jacob raged at Laban. I worked seven years for Rachel. What do you mean by this trickery? It's not our custom to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. Wait until the bridal week is over and you can have Rachel too. That is, if you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. And Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her more than Leah. He then stayed and worked the additional seven years. But because Leah was unloved, the Lord let her have a child while Rachel was childless. So Leah became pregnant and had a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and had another son. She named him Simeon, for she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Again she became pregnant and had a son. She named him Levi, for she said, Surely now my husband will feel affection for me, since I have given him three sons. Once again she became pregnant and had a son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. Chapter 30 When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children, she became jealous of her sister. Give me children or I'll die, she exclaimed to Jacob. Jacob flew into a rage. Am I God? he asked. He is the only one able to give you children. Then Rachel told him, Sleep with my servant Bilhah and she will bear children for me. So Rachel gave him Bilhah to be his wife and Jacob slept with her. Bilhah became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali. For she said, I've had an intense struggle with my sister, and I am winning. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore. So she gave her servant Zilpah to Jacob to be his wife. Soon Zilpah presented him with another son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, How fortunate I am! Then Zilpah produced a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, What joy is mine! The other women will consider me happy indeed. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben found some mandrakes growing in a field and brought the roots to his mother Leah. Rachel begged Leah to give some of them to her. But Leah angrily replied, Wasn't it enough that you stole my husband? Now will you steal my son's mandrake roots too? Rachel said, I will let him sleep with you tonight in exchange for the mandrake roots. So that evening, as Jacob was coming home from the fields, Leah went out to meet him. You must sleep with me tonight, she said. I have paid for you with some mandrake roots my son has found. So Jacob slept with her, and God answered her prayers. She became pregnant again and gave birth to her fifth son. She named him Issachar, for she said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then she became pregnant again and had a sixth son. She named him Zebulun, for she said, God has given me good gifts for my husband. Now he will honor me, for I have given him six sons. Later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by giving her a child. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. 
God has removed my shame, she said. And she named him Joseph, for she said, May the Lord give me yet another son. Soon after Joseph was born to Rachel, Jacob said to Laban, I want to go back home. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them from you. Let me be on my way. You know I have fully paid for them with my service to you. Please don't leave me, Laban replied. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because you are here. How much do I owe you? Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how faithfully I've served you through these many years, and how your flocks and herds have grown. You had little indeed before I came, and your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you from everything I do. But now what about me? When should I provide for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, Don't give me anything at all. Just do one thing, and I'll go back to work for you. Let me go out among your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted, along with all the dark-colored sheep. Give them to me as my wages. This will make it easy for you to see whether or not I have been honest. If you find in my flock any white sheep or goats that are not speckled, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied. It will be as you have said. But that very day Laban went out and removed all the male goats that were speckled and spotted, the females that were speckled and spotted with any white patches, and all the dark-colored sheep. He placed them in the care of his sons, and they took them three days' distance from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for Laban's flock. Now Jacob took fresh shoots from poplar, almond, and plane trees, and peeled off strips of the bark to make white streaks on them. Then he set up these peeled branches beside the watering troughs, so Laban's flocks would see them as they came to drink, for that was when they mated. So when the flocks mated in front of the white streaked branches, all of their offspring were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob added them to his own flock, thus separating the lambs from Laban's flock. Then at mating time he turned the flocks toward the streaked and dark-colored rams in Laban's flock. This is how he built his flock from Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob set up the peeled branches in front of them. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones, so the weaker lambs belonged to Laban, and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob's flocks increased rapidly, and he became very wealthy, with many servants, camels, and donkeys.'